this is not a university class where we're taking attendance and making sure everybody's done the homework. Like, that's not what this is about. It's about we want you to be introduced to these ideas and this book. And if you want, you're welcome to engage with us in the conversation. So um, if you haven't read the chapter, still listen to the episode. Hopefully by the end, you'll start wanting to read along with us. Forgotten Corner Podcast would not exist without our listeners. If you enjoy the work we are doing on this show and would like to support further, please consider a donation through our Patreon account, patreon.com backslash forgottencornerpod, or visit our website, forgottencornerpod.com. Welcome back to the Forgotten Corner podcast. We are proud members of the Harbinger Media Network. And if you like podcasts or want to listen to podcasts like this one, head on over to the website we will include in our show notes and check out some other podcasts. My name is Scott Schmidt. I'm your co-host here alongside good friend and co-host Jeremy Appel. Jeremy, say hi. Hi. How are you? I'm Jeremy. (laughs) Jeremy. (laughs) You, You good? Are you good? Yeah, I'm great. I never know if I should like ask you a bunch of questions about your life before I say hi to Roberta. So I'm just going to say hi to Roberta and then I'm going to ask you questions about your life. So all right, let's do it. Dr. Roberta Lexier from Mount Royal University joining us once again, as she always does on our Just Us episodes. Good morning, Roberta. Good morning, Scott. How are you? <laughs> I'm pretty, I, see, that's great. I'm going to start because no, we never, we always talk about what you guys are doing and then I, I just know, say like so... I'm good and move on, but I'm having a great summer. I'm having, you might say I'm having the best summer ever. <laughs> Is that right? No, I mean, it's good. It's fine though. Like it's, uh, I was hitting a wall really bad, right? I think we probably, if you go back and listen to like four or five episodes in a row, I was like on the brink. Like I said, there were people messaging me and stuff. They were like, man, are you okay? Anyway, the vacation, I took some vacation and uh, recouped and had some good, family time and alone time like I had a whole week that I was off just by myself so I spent a lot of time alone and did a lot of bike riding and then when my wife was off we took the boy and went out to my family's cabin in Saskatchewan and did some outdoorsy stuff and it was really nice and I came back feeling a little bit refreshed about life and then my wife got like really itchy about like how much she liked the outdoors so by the time like a week went by after we got back from the cottage, we bought a freaking like travel trailer, which we didn't even have the means to pull, but we had the means to own. So we bought it. And then we were like, well, where are we? We don't have anywhere to put it and we don't have any way to pull it. But we uh, we own the thing now and we've managed to get it into our driveway. So, you know, come next week, uh, we're getting a tow package put on the Pathfinder that will pull it because she wants to go camping on Friday next week. So um, I've been doing a lot of cleaning over the last like week, putting this trailer together. But anyways, it's been a fun summer, better than like concentrating on the fucking tire fire that is Alberta. And I obviously picked a good time to not be there. So when I was on holidays and the the shit hit the fan, how, how are you guys doing? Did that, did you guys immerse yourselves in that or were you enjoying your summers as well? And by that, I mean this August 16th bullshit. 
Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I went to a couple of the protests that have been happening at the McDougal Center here. Actually, Dr. Joe, uh, I don't know if I told you, he shouted us out. At you did mention them, it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. He told people to listen to the Forgotten Corner, which was, uh, and then he was like, where's Jeremy? And then I waved my hand and actually David Kahn was uh, sitting right behind me and I had, turned around and said hey to him and i could he he was like oh hey i could tell he didn't like recognize me and then after that he did and he came up to me after and was like sorry man i didn't recognize you and, david uh, condon's got a letter in the letter to the editor in our paper this sorry morning. david con not condon oh, oh oh you met david con oh he's so isn't dreamy. david condon in medicine hat yeah david condon's in medicine hat i just was like i thought i figured he's a activist guy so I thought yeah yeah he I went know. up there or whatever but let's just talk about how dreamy david con is like did you tell like was he as dreamy in person as he looks he, like he on? does have really nice eyes um, <laughs> i bet it's a handsome fellow yeah. anyway <laughs> i'm gonna like drift off into like la la and, and then i met gosha after did you oh she's such a sweetheart I like and then uh some shitheads from the rebel were there and i called them fucking losers on camera and like was like keen there no he's not with them anymore he was re he's re replaced by this like big uh oh i thought that was like a rumor and adam um so why did and, he leave i know we're supposed know. to talk about something else okay well I you gotta carry there but uh <laughs> yeah no it was great because i made uh this adam guy really mad um by calling him a fucking loser he's like you don't even know me like do you even know myself i'm like yeah i'm quite familiar with the rebel um and anyways i told him to stay mad i walked away and was like stay mad and he's like i'm not mad and it was great <laughs> You I'm like, I don't know, angry. dude. You sound pretty mad. <laughs> um, but I was I, I I I was wondering if they would like cut that up and like put it on their like feed being like, look at our enemies. That's awesome. Um, but they didn't because I own them pretty hard. That's awesome. I said Jesus Christ in a tweet the other day, and eventually somebody started getting after me for having this poor language on my Twitter feed. And, uh, interesting language for an editor and all this stuff. And I was like, which of the, my words offended you? And he's like, I didn't say I was offended. No. I mean, it, it seems like you were, but anyway, I am I'm not, not mad. Mm. Yeah. Okay, fella. Anyway, Roberta, how's your summer going? Terribly. <laughs> <laughs> we have I'm, to have I'm, some contrast I'm so jealous of you i mean i've had vacation i suppose but i haven't been able to detach from this because like i'm just horrified like i'm horrified at the <laughs> inhumanity of our society and and just like the lack of respect my employers have for students and staff coming back yep. and you know our government and all those things so i'm you know i'm struggling a little i'm on the happy side i mean i got to see my friend and yeah got a good hug we in spent a couple four weeks hours ago. together that we was spent awesome. four hours that, that was exciting was great. yep yeah but it's uh things are kind of shit it's like not the greatest summer between this hazy sun i don't know how it is in medicine hat but like we haven't seen literally haven't seen the sky in three it's four weeks between that and then this covid death cult i'm just yeah. like losing my shit it's really smoky and i i don't i refuse to complain about it because we're not on fire like nothing fucking bad happens here so like smoke in the sky like suck it up buttercup but and like i have a friend who lives in okay falls like just on the southern tip of skaha lake and they've been on evacuation notice a couple times already this year and almost every year and when i talked to him about it last year i might have said this on the show actually but i asked him about the fires and he said at this point i'd 
I don't even think about it unless I can light a, light a smoke off of it. So like, it's one of those things where they're, the folks in BC get almost too used to living with it. But anyway, yeah, I, I get it. The summer is, it's not a good time. Like I'm not trying to make light of, but I think everybody that listens to the show knows that I needed some R&R and &R. I just, all I did was go and get it. Absolutely. I, it was, if I wasn't going to recharge, I'm going to be pretty useful or useless to uh, the province of Alberta as far as any type of column writing or journalism or doing of a podcast. Before we get on, I want to say, speaking of the podcast, though, we I did go to a backyard uh, little birthday function last night for a good friend I was turning 40. And uh, I met this guy there, like just random fellow. And he was like, he, he was like, we chatted a little bit in the night and he, I don't know, he heard my name or whatever. And he was like, your what's your name again i was like scott he's like scott schmidt and i was like schmidt yeah and he's like i listen to your podcast and i was like what he's like yeah the forgotten corner I'm like get out of town so that was the fucking raddesting era that's the first time just a stranger has been like i know you from your podcast so i guess someone's listening to the show and some people from medicine hat listen to the show because i've always been positive that our audience is calgary edmonton but we obviously have some hatters so are you gone, uh, Jeremy? Are you muted? Or were you just mouthing? Words? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I was saying most of it has to be Calgary and Edmonton. I think like so. It's a numbers game. Um, I think so. But it's but nice to know that there's some people that we've never even met or like have never, you know, like don't follow us on Twitter or whatever that found the show in Medicine Hat and listened to it. Yeah, I mean, a bunch of people at the, the, the rallies uh, approached me and were like hey you're jeremy appel and i was like yep and they're like oh i know you from twitter <laughs> that's awesome um, yeah that's probably weird like because at this and point you can only see their eyes because right mass. well and we, we are like for lack of a better term sort of popularity in what we do kind of became like either it was just just happening before COVID hit right so most of it has happened during this pandemic so we've never really met any of these people, right? Like we've, we have all these people that we know from Twitter. Like I would say that I know them almost well, you know, like you feel like you're friends with all these people and that you've never once been in the same room with them. So it must be nice to at least have been able to run into some people uh, at these rallies and whatnot. So that's good to hear. I'm glad yeah. I mean, it's those. a bit overwhelming and you know, you're like, I was talking to Gosha um and then someone like approached me and i had to turn around and like talk to them and then like i turned back around after i talked to them and gosha was obviously gone and yeah yeah that's a uh that's a lot of socialing that's a lot of peopling for you as my wife would call it as soon as she has to people for like too yeah. long it like it's a switch like it's I'm really good at this and I can handle it. And then Nope, it's over. And like, there is no like, Oh, I have enough left in the tank to make it this last like little bit. It's like, no, I've, I've been around people for too long or talked to too many people. So, well, and especially since we're at a practice, right? Like we haven't right. been around people and then all of a sudden you have to be around a few hundred of them at a time and right. try and like figure out how to do this. Like for those of us with social anxiety, it's a little tricky to figure out this new world again. Saturday Night Live did a good skit about that a couple of months ago, actually, when they were supposedly coming out of the pandemic. Anyways, in the States, they were giving up with the masks and rules and whatnot. So they were out, there was a skit of people like running into each other at the 
the bar and they're talking and having that stupid, awkward, like interaction, but then it would play what they're thinking in their heads. And both of them are like, who the fuck is this person? I have never, I, I will never speak to this person again in my life. These kinds of things as you're like talking to them and there's going to be a lot of that. But anyway, well, it's good to see you guys. And um, it'd, oh, it'd be also, nice to be in the same room with you guys again. So I'll have to come up to Calgary and we'll all have to. Uh, well i'm coming down to medicine hat in a few weeks that's right right, you are and while you're here i was thinking we should get fogle to take some new pictures of us yeah because like i definitely want to get like jeremy's like new hair beard look on our (laughs) you look so much tougher right i I need to shave my head again throw down now right like so anyways we should do a couple of more photos for that anyways moving on oh go ahead oh no i was just gonna say mo can cut this if he wants but i interviewed zach hyman the other day for the alberta really oh yeah of course yeah because he yeah he's like a toronto jew that's right um that's awesome yeah no signed a huge contact with you yeah i know he's got a lot of money he wouldn't know who he is he he's actually like a smart guy like it wasn't a struggle to interview him like i feared it might be because he's an athlete um not that stereotypes come into play when we're talking about large groups of people in this show (laughs) but i just assumed he'd be a fucking idiot (laughs) all those athletes are dumb so you know what a surprise (laughs) i get it Jeremy. I mean, we've all met just, dumb jocks. Just. Come on, <laughs> we have, of course, but but not all jocks are dumb. <laughs> but it's like no, but you you guys know when you watch sports at the end of the game. Yeah, absolutely. The the sports part. It's they qu- just give the cliche. Yeah, yeah it's, it's all, like it's I gave like, my hundred and ten percent. Yeah, and if they lose, it's, it's a team like, sport. <laughs> yeah, well, we gave it our all, and you know, hopefully next game we'll. Uh, if, if we get an email from some athletes <laughs> yeah. advocacy group, we'll we'll address that. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But until then, fuck them all. Who cares? <laughs> I'm I saying not lose. all jocks are dumb. I will lose. stand my ground. <laughs> oh, you can run faster than me? Well, fuck you then. How's that? <laughs> exactly. Ooh, somebody's tougher. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay. So anyway reason why that we are here today this is kind of a special version of just us and it's going to be a new theme for just us for uh, at least the next little while we're certainly for the next four episodes for five episodes because we're definitely going to do one book before we give up on this but um if you've listened to the show uh periodically you've probably heard us joking around um with jeremy uh regarding the number of books that he Uh, either knows about and hasn't been able to read or has literally sitting behind his head on his bookshelf um, that he owns but hasn't had time to read and uh, it's a running joke and I'll disclaim right now that Jeremy is for sure more well-read than most people you'll ever meet he actually (laughs) reads a shit ton of books and uh, when I make fun of him for not reading these books that's hilarious because he reads books like five to one to, to what I'll, I'm yeah i'll have you know <laughs> i have read dozens of the books behind me <laughs> of the hundreds of books that's behind right. me um right no but it's and that's something i get from 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 my dad like i go back to my parents house there's like my dad has so many books they just compulsively buys and he hasn't read like any of them <laughs> yeah so one of the times that we were doing that, we were talking specifically about a book, uh, a 
book by the author. His name is Tyler Shipley, and he's written a book called Canada in the World, um, Settler Capitalism and the Colonial Imagination. And, and Roberta brought it up as something that would be good reading material for, based on what we were talking about that day. And Jeremy, again, piped in and said, oh, great book that I haven't had time to read. And we laughed, and as we always do. And then Roberta kind of, the, the light bulb uh, went in your head. So I'll let Roberta explain what what came to mind when that happened. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a normal struggle that we all have to try and find time to read or to to enjoy reading. Um, it's a it's a struggle in our lives. And, um, you know, we academics in particular, Jeremy, you probably should have become an academic because we are incredibly good at collecting books that we will never, ever have time to read. Like we'll all <laughs> buy hundreds of them and then never have time to read. Well, them. well, well I did. I did graduate school. So I, I know you, you read the intro, you read the conclusion. That's like I read this book. Yeah, exactly. I, we, we have we call it grad school reading. It's yeah, grad, how you get I, I called it grad reading. Yeah. Yeah. I just realized yeah. as you said that that we're actually going to set this up to make it easier for people to not read books because we're just going <laughs> to be the Coles notes for them when they listen to the show. But keep going. <laughs> well, we're we're gonna well as as I'm sure Roberta is about to tell you, we're gonna make it we're gonna make it easy for our listeners to read. 100%. Yeah, no, this is we're, we're going to approach like we'll talk about Mo's reading level interest when Robert is done explaining it. And we'll that's the pace that Mo can't read. Guys. We're going to go as fast <laughs> you know as that? Mo can go. Yeah, he's illiterate. He worked at a newspaper and he's illiterate. Like, give, give the guy. Dude, I was, his <laughs> I was his copy editor for four years. Like no one knows better than I. <laughs> Mo, poor Mo. He's always taking the heat. <laughs> Because he won't defend himself, that's why. Yeah, that's why we pick on him. Where is he? Exactly. Is he He even in the room right now? No, he hit record and went away. So (laughs) So it's his own fault. He can hear this when he goes to edit. And then there's all he has is text at that point. (laughs) Exactly. It's on him. So we wanted to to find a way to help encourage people to read books about the world that we live in. And um, we wanted to pick a book. um, First of all, I think I'll say that the first book we picked is very readable. It is not an academic book in any way. It's not filled with, you know, tons of theory or lots of big words and stressful reading. It's very, very um, accessible to a wide audience. So I just want to warn people or like let people know there shouldn't be scared of picking up this book. Um, I am using it in my um, second year history course as well this fall. So if any of you are my students, hey there, um, follow along and learn. Um, but that's about kind of the level, like just, um, you know, relatively introductory, um, not too intense. Um, and we are going to go very, very slowly through this as well. And I think um, that's kind of the, the key point I want to emphasize that, you know, we're encouraging people to buy the book. You can get a 20% off discount. That's all going to be in the show notes and on Twitter. Um, But we're going to go part by part. So each month we'll talk about one part of the book. So that's about 100 pages a month. Um, Well, in in this book, it's exactly that. So that's a great, this is a great one to start. I want to just reiterate what she's saying about the ease of the reading, because a lot of the books that we talk about here, like when the topics that we're talking about are heavy, and it sounds like they might be textbook like and uh, my favorite author, like, 
alive has books that can be like that to a degree like they're easy to read i think but still like naomi klein's books are long and and full and full of information some of the books that we're going to try to do are, are that but also like uh much more written like for the everyman to oh I hate, that's such a bad term but for 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 the uh, every person the to, peasantry to correct right and so um like we were just talking to mo before we started recording right mo cranker editor and producer uh he was read into the ground by a university professor and doesn't really love to read books and you know doesn't have a lot of time we're 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 making it so that you can do this like literally in the time if you put it on the back of your toilet and you read a little bit every time you went and uh did your thing you'd be done the 100 pages without question by the time the the month is up uh the point is is that these some of the books that we're going to be doing in this forgotten corner book club are going to be um just expanding on the topics that we we talk about here and giving like for example for this book right for people to address canada's history and and our place in that history and to really own and accept what how the country was built to get to where it is for you today you we need to actually be go back and relearn that history because the history that we were all taught in school was whitewashed it, it just was and we've talked about that on the show and so if you want to understand what like colonialism really is and and what like Canada and the people that built this country actually were doing to other people in order to build this for you then then books like these are things that you really need to uh, to check out and these authors like Shipley have gone to great lengths to make them a more readable topic and to really dive into that stuff right Roberta yeah, I mean, I was just going to say that to add on to that, we talked about this a few episodes ago, probably when this book came up originally, that there's a myth of Canadian history. You know, we've been told one particular story, and that story is about how great we are, that we are peacekeepers and we're, um, we settled the West more kindly than our American cousins who just massacred everybody and we we have a better place in the world and what Shipley's doing in this book is really challenging that myth and saying actually there's something else behind Canadian history and we need to grapple with that if we're going to deal with the issues that we're dealing with today and so the book itself starts with the kind of um, original founding of Canada and the 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 people the Europeans who arrived here and then expands out into Canada's role in the world itself into World War One and two into peacekeeping in the Cold War, into the war on terror and kind of the modern world and where we're at now. So it's really about understanding how this kind of founding principle of Canada, which is settler colonial capitalism, has in influenced how we have formed as a country, but also how we have um, acted outside of the borders. Um, and so it's gonna be a really useful book, I think, for us to add more context and more background to the topics that we get into on this 
this podcast, um, issues around um, reconciliation and indigenous peoples, um, around our role in the world, um, around issues on, you know, Israel-Palestine, we've talked about other sorts of big global issues. All of it kind of comes back into this book and, and will help us get a better understanding of that. So um, I think it's really, really valuable to, for us to read. And I think, um, I hope you'll all enjoy reading along with us. Absolutely. And Roberta has uh, been able to secure a discount through the publisher from the Forgotten Corner. So you can use our promo code that we will include in the, that will be in the show notes and you can get this book for 20% off, which is a great deal. And we're going to, we'll continue to try to provide things like that with the books that we do when we can. Um, but like we said, we want people to enjoy this process and uh i th we think that if we we do it on a like a nice and slow basis we'll be able to do that that is a pace for everyone you want to read the whole book and knock yourself out if you don't want to read the this so this is the other thing if you don't want to read the book and buy the book that doesn't mean that these episodes aren't going to make sense to you that's the whole point is that when we reconvene in a month like this is coming out September 2nd, it would be today as you're listening to this. So at the end of September, the episode will be about part one and we'll go through what we basically read over those hundred pages and talk about them. And, and Roberta will be able to expand on some of the things um, that are touched on in there. So if you aren't reading the book, doesn't mean that you shouldn't listen to those episodes. It actually is a great and if you do listen to those episodes, you might find, oh, maybe I should like, it's really interesting stuff. Maybe I'll pick it up. So don't, don't be shy to do that as well. Um, so yeah, like also you can use the promo code, code, get yourself a free book or cheap book. And you don't even have to listen to our show if you don't want to, right? Like the promo codes there. So, I mean, if you want to cheat, cheat. There's so many options on the table here. And absolutely, like the idea isn't that if you haven't read the chapter, don't show up for class. Like we're not, this is not a university class where we're taking attendance and making sure everybody's done the homework. Like that's not what this is about. It's about, we want you to be introduced to these ideas and this book. And if you want, you're welcome to engage with us in the conversation. So um, if you haven't read the chapter, still listen to the episode. Hopefully by the end, you'll start wanting to read along with us. But if not, please don't skip class. It's not going to be like that. But also, um, if you do want to engage with us, um, we would love to hear what you're thinking as you're reading through these um, chapters and through these parts that, um, you know, we'll, we'll put a hashtag in the show notes as well that we will follow that. And any questions you have, any discussion points you think of, anything that you're like, wait, I don't really understand that, mention it. And we'll, yep. that's what we'll address as well in those episodes. So you can engage as much as you want. You can participate in our discussions it's up to you um, but we we hope that you'll follow along and and learn something from this book with us yeah i think like we've all been doing like with this podcast and with twitter and all through this pandemic i think like you know there's this big this just big group of people that have sort of come together and we're very like-minded and we all want a better Alberta and we all want a better Canada and a better world and all these things and we just thought this would be a cool way for us to all do something kind of together where we're all kind of it's almost like we're we are getting together with every one of you out there that are participating and like she said like engage with us about the that the part while you're reading throughout the next month 
ask us questions, throw out some comments. We'll make sure we touch on them in the show. And then uh, that sort of gets this, like I said, we, it expands this group conversation, which I think is a really, really cool way to do this, that we would all uh, get together as a group to do this. Jeremy, do you think that uh, you're ready to start knocking off this list of unread books? Yeah. Yeah. Month by month. We'll have read, uh, you know, a few books in a year. Yeah. Like we got to do like People's Republic of Walmart. Like I actually, are... I yeah. just finished reading The Jakarta Method by Vincent Bevins. Yeah. <laughs> why, why was your mouth again? She was, I was just she thought all you were excited say that you were going to say you'd read that. <laughs> you'd finally read the oh, People's Oh, well, no, Republic. I did read that. I read that. I read that oh, like okay. last year. I told you about it. I thought the last I heard is it was on your shelf and you hadn't read it. No, yeah. it was on my Kindle, actually. You glossed yeah. over the part where he, he, he actually, actually did, did read that. Yeah, I yeah. remember that one. Uh, no, but uh, Carter Method is fantastic. It's not that long, but there's a lot of information in there. And uh, it's a really- Well, and that's the other thing. Like this book is long. Like it's a 500, 600, whatever, 500 page book. And so we're taking it very, very slowly. Some of the other books we'll choose later on might be shorter. And so we'll We'll do them in one month or we'll do them in a, only a couple of months or we might choose a novel or um, there's lots of really good graphic novels for instance and so um, don't get um, necessarily freaked out by the academic book being the first one there we you know we're also open to suggestions for book clubs but um, we're planning to to keep this going starting with this one and then we'll we'll see how it plays well, out and, but well yeah like people's republic of walmart we could knock off in a month I mean, it's almost two tops a, for sure. It's a couple hundred pages, right? Like yeah. if we're doing even, we might find we get a better page, but even this book we're doing now, like Roberta said, it's five, it's like 430, you guys, seriously, skip the intro, skip the index at the end. First page, first chat, first part is 99 pages. Like we told Mo when we were convincing him to take part in this, just like everybody poops, buddy, throw it on the back of the, of the can and, pick her up and read you'll do 99 pages in a month what is that like three pages a day well, no, I think the reality is you'll start reading and then you won't be able to stop because in fact, it's actually a really readable, really engaging book. And you'll need to know like, okay, what happens next? Like, it's actually a very well-told story of what's People are going to get pissed Canadian at us. History. Like they're going to read that first part Why are you the first stopping? week and they'll be like, I got to wait till the end of October to hear about part two. <laughs> Absolutely. And that would be cool that's if that's the way that goes. Yeah. And I uh I read the the intro. I, I, I got a bit of a start um in preparation for this episode. And I think maybe we should tell the audience a bit what the book's about. Do so. Go ahead. Well, so I think it's a very important book at, at this juncture because we're talking people are talking more openly about Canada's colonial history and the atrocities the state has committed since, you know, before its inception. But what Shipley does is he takes that as a frame for how Canada acts abroad, because as Roberta said earlier, there's this notion that, yeah, we may have done bad things at home, but abroad we're this neutral peacekeeping nation that just, you know, um, uh, provides a more like uh, moderate approach to foreign affairs than the United States 
um, in its empire. And Shipley's that argument- funny how, Sorry, isn't that funny how you can just compare yourself to the US and you're like, man, we're good. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. Our, our intentions argument. are so noble. But I mean, obviously, Canadian foreign policy is very interlinked with US foreign policy and the, you know, being a member of NATO. Um, it was largely driven by uh, anti-communist. And I mean, there are a few things here and there where Canada has been different than the US, namely Cuba. Um, but um there's more uh similarities than differences but anyways the 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 uh, from the intro the main argument shepley's making is this colonial violence at home expresses itself in how we conduct our affairs abroad and i think that is uh some very important myth busting um yeah i'm excited to read it it's like roberta's always said like there's so much to our history that were has been skewed the way we learned it. and i mean we've all we all we all know canadians who are give you those lines of like you know like oh well we're a good country now or right like canada's not racist anymore and like we're we're multicultural blah 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 and i mean sure yeah we're we have a lot more people thinking more like like looking for a life like that than we maybe did in like the 17 1800s or whatever right but like we don't that doesn't mean that we uh like to be good now doesn't mean you can't look back at where you've been and 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 know what you've done or what your history has been right and like i think a lot of people who have that pride in canada or what they believe canada to be i i i think a lot of people are honestly just scared to learn all that stuff like they just don't want to know because i think deep down everybody does like at this point especially like jeremy was saying at this juncture in time with everything that's been going on with residential schools and, and unmarked graves and the just like impossibility of 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 like not seeing that just blatant atrocity that we committed right and so it's the time when like people are sort of being faced with this history of Canada that they spent a lot of their lives just either thinking it was so long ago, it doesn't exist anymore, or it was never really as bad as that or that kind of thing. And those people might be afraid to learn the truth about Canada because it's like learning that your spouse is cheating on you or learning that you're you know, like your best friend is like, refuses to get vaccinated or whatever, right? Like it's you're learning something about st that you didn't want to know, right? And you know, if you get into Canada's history, you're going to be like, fuck, we did what? And so that's, I think, part of it for Canadians. Don't you think, Roberta? Absolutely. I mean, it's it's hard to see the dark side. And then what do you do with that? Like, how do you feel proud of this place when you know it's it's rough and horrible. It's done terrible things. And I think, you know, you mentioned history, but um, Shipley's argument, I think, overall is that colonialism never ended. It's a core part of who we are now, but also how we work externally. So a good, perfect, um, a good, perfect. <laughs> That's my language. Wow, so good and days. perfect. It's good. You can't and be perfect. good and perfect. 
<laughs> I guess not. Nope. Um, but a good example would be our mining interests around the world currently, that Canadian mining companies act as a colonial force in developing countries around the world, um, stealing their natural resources and destroying their area with very little concern for the, the people in those regions or their environments. Um, this is currently happening. It's not being led by the Americans and we're not following them. This is led by us. This is our thing. Um, and the reality is, is that it's based on, and Shipley talks about this a lot, but it's based on this notion that white Europeans, and now we think Canadians, are better than other people. That we somehow are better and deserve something more on this planet than other people do. So we have this entitlement that we can go down to Ecuador and steal their natural resources and bring them back for profit to the few people on that board of that mining company without even a second thought of like, do we have a right to that? Can we actually do that? And that's grounded in the original formation of Canada when Europeans came over and said, yeah, we don't give a shit that people live here. We're just going to take it. It's ours. We, we deserve do it. Yeah. We're better than them and we deserve it. And so we're still acting like that is the argument that we're acting like we're better than everybody and deserve something more in the world. Um, and we're kind of shits. Well, in, in the country that's existence is a product of imperialism is obviously going to practice imperialism abroad. What, regardless of whatever like smiley face they put on it, um, Canadian foreign policy is fundamentally imperialist and colonialist. Um, well, and as long as at home you act like you're the opposite, right? Like you, oh, yeah, we're really like going to you know, we're going to protect the Eastern slopes and we're going to like, we're, we, we can't mind here. We're going to worry about our, like, and we're going to take care of people and everyone's equal and all these things at home. Or even act- abroad, we'll say we're peacekeepers. You know, when, when people ask what's Canada's foreign policy, the answer is usually we're peacekeepers. Well, when the fuck was the last time we were actually peacekeepers? I don't know what the number is now because it's been a while since I taught this. But a few years ago when I was teaching about peacekeeping in Canada's foreign policy, we had literally three people acting as peacekeepers across the world. Three. This was maybe five years ago. I don't, the number's probably around that. Not three divisions of troops, not three boats or ships or whatever the fuck you call that stuff. Three literal human beings. Three dudes in blue hats. That's exactly it. And yet we claim we're peacekeepers and we're trying to keep the peace. So we we make a myth and we repeat it over and over and over again until people believe it. And we're trying to break that down. In this story we tell about ourselves, you see it manifest in how we talk about Rwanda, right? That that Romeo Dallaire um, really wanted to to intervene and put a stop to the genocide in Rwanda, and those damn bureaucrats at the UN wouldn't let him, right? And so, you know, it, the, the the this peacekeeping image puts a humanitarian sheen on our policies which are fundamentally um expressions of power abroad right Um, absolutely and the world's noticed right like we just got rejected for a seat on the security council at the united nations two years ago now or whatever that was because the world knows we suck they don't see us in the same uh, way anymore I mean, because there are we've been people going on that security council terrible. that don't fucking belong there. Let's hundred percent too, but they weren't on. voted on there. They're permanently on right, there. Right, that's what I mean. The permanent fixtures are 
Absolutely, anyway, but everybody votes on. Who I have a goes question on, though. So. Like, wait. So, is Romeo Dallaire a piece of shit? Because like I saw Romeo Dallaire speak when I was in college. Like he came to the left. There's Ridge a whole chapter school, on Rwanda, and I We're- fucking it was really fascinating. Like he was a really captivating speaker, and like I like it was really really. So what? He's, we have a whole a chapter we're gonna do. Like on I know Rwanda. Canada's a piece of shit. Like I know. Well, like, I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah, we're gonna oh, find out no. in part four. I just think he, he. Now he, I'm what? The chap, the piece, the part of the chapter is called Saint Romeo Dallaire. So I bet oh, we're gonna find out. <laughs> this is the hard thing. None this of our it, heroes. Exactly what I said. People don't <laughs> want to do. Now I'm that guy. Like I don't want to know why. I don't want to learn bad. I, but isn't I'll it better like, to know? Back on that, was like, oh, that guy's. And also, I mean, we could talk about the the you know recently with Canada's participation in the Lima group um, trying to overthrow the government of Venezuela, which uh, recently just lost a member uh, in Peru, which elected a leftist government. Um, and so cracks in that are appearing um, in that. And uh, of course uh, with NATO and uh, Ukraine and giving arms to the Ukrainian military, which includes a couple literal Nazi battalions. Um, and, you know, uh, we support all sorts of military interventions in South and Central America all the time because it helps our resource mining industries. Yeah. Like it's, it's intense, our, our interventions. And these Haiti. are things that are hard to Haiti is a big one. These are things that are hard to learn, but so important to know, because when we're reading the news and it's talking about Haiti and the recent um, upheaval in Haiti and our Canadian government is saying certain things, we need to know why they're saying those things. Why is it that they're taking that position and is that the position we want our government to be taking um do we want them to to keep pushing this agenda that they're pushing down there um for our own benefit or do we want to actually acknowledge that you know haiti was destroyed by reparations payments and by you know colonialism by the very thing we're doing and so it's shitty to know these things it's very hard i mean i used to be probably the biggest rah-rah canada person in the world and he was you know i can confirm it's no longer that case, but I'm okay with that because it's actually, I'd rather know the truth. Like you say, you compare it to, to finding out your spouse is cheating on you and like, yeah, that, that'd be super shitty. It would like up, throw up your whole world, you know, people everywhere, but in some ways it's better to know. Exactly. can't unknow it. But is it also something you don't want to know and just live with blinders on? Like, is that the life you want to? So I'm always a, it's better to know than not know person, but. Lori, if you're cheating on me, don't tell me. (laughs) Don't tell me. Just keep it secret. (laughs) (laughs) She doesn't have time. She doesn't listen to this podcast. (laughs) She doesn't have time to listen to this podcast or cheat on me. Exactly. We're good. Um. Yeah, I had one last thing I wanted to say before we go, uh, but I can't remember what it is, so it doesn't really matter, but we should let everyone go, and we'll we'll get on with it. Jeremy, you had something else you wanted to add there. Um, well, actually, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I remember seeing uh, Dr. Joe. I, I think it was actually on, on our podcast, but he may have been, I think he was reiterating something. He said in another interview that the, uh, the government's approach to COVID it, and just the failure of our institutions, it's like, you, you know, when you grow up, you look up to adults and how he they're- He said it on our show. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and that they're flawless and that, you, you know, they're how they conduct themselves is, is how you need to conduct themselves. And then as you get older, you realize that, uh, people are imperfect and yep. some are, uh, further from perfection than others. But, um, I, I, I would compare very Canadian foreign policy to that, right? Like we're, we're just raised to think that Canada right. and everyone, every person in every country especially in like the western world western world is good right we're we're, we're, we're raised think that even even when we do um horrible things abroad it's it's an aberration from our noble intentions right that's something i learned from you know chomsky when when, when i was a teenager that was sort of my first exposure to that and um yeah in, in that uh, I, you know, every country has foundational myths and every country thinks it's the best. And, you know, as Edward Said said, every empire thinks it's unlike every other empire in history right. in that we're actually serving a higher moral purpose. And um, we're not. Well, and you, when Joe, when Dr. Joe said that on the show, like I didn't have time to stop then and say it but it struck such a huge chord with me like i honestly cannot even begin to describe to you how it, how much of an impact that moment had in my life and it wasn't a good impact in a lot of ways like i grew up so trustworthy of adults and i just when they told me like about god i was like that's a real thing that he'll take care of everything and they told me like I fucking believed in Santa till I was like 12 because I was honestly so sure sure that like what people said was the truth right I remember one time I was off top of my I was looking across we're, we're at the coast we're looking out in the ocean we're seeing these islands out in the ocean that it was actually like Vancouver Island or whatever. And I asked my mom, like, what is that? And she, as a joke, they were like, my parents as a joke were like, it's Japan. And I just was like, Oh, okay. I was like eight. Right. And for years, they just made fun of me about how I like fucking fell for that. And I was like, you dipshits. Like, why the fuck would I not believe you? Like I had no reason. Like that's when people get made fun of for being gullible. It's like, you're a fucking loser. If you make fun of people that are just trustworthy. Right. But when I, that moment hit, when I, when I realized that they were just full of shit about a bunch of things, it, it put years worth of resentment in me toward my parents, my, my, all of the adults in my in my life i had to honestly get over some shit because it was such a glass crashing around me like a world shattering thing when i realized that holy shit they're not just it's not like they just don't know what they're they're full of shit like they will tell you that they know what they're talking about when they don't know what they're talking about and that is the world at large like everyone does that and that just blew my fucking mind and when we do these this show and this these books and things like that i think that will translate hopefully to a lot of the way people look at our uh, the political parties in our in our country too right like uh, a lot of really good progressives take their eyes off the prize when like a Trudeau's in government, right? Well, we're, it's good because, you know, trust in Trudeau's good and decent and the liberals are good and decent. Well, you know what, actually the liberals are pushing a corporate neoliberal agenda around the world, just like every other government. 
and when and and Rachel Notley being a million times better of an of a, of a option than Jason Kenny does not mean that the NDP didn't push corporate problematic corporate policies that were harmful to the prog the progression of our province. Like this is not so waking up to the fact that your your idols in politics aren't fucking doing actually everything that you think they are too just because they like brown people better and they're nicer to the lgbtq community doesn't mean that they don't push neoliberalism as well and this is part of like waking up to that to, to realize that like if you can't look at the people that you idolize and and realize their flaws you you can't you can't really like move forward Anyway, that's a long way to generally we're like half twice as long as I promised Mo we'd go today. So fuck him. He wasn't even here to listen to it. Whatever, put him to work. That's right. That's right. And we're recording again tomorrow with uh David Restool from the college, which is gonna be an awesome uh episode. Um anyway, we're gonna get out of here. It's the time on the show where we thank those of our uh patrons who go way above and beyond to uh nicola de nicola to dave bonmiller to chris Terwold, you guys are amazing uh to ever, all our other patrons to the new ones who signed up this week thank you very much for your support uh <laughs> exact sorry mo's literally making fun of us for going long right now sorry anyway thank you to everybody for coming um join in you guys it's going to be super fun i promise um i'm going to let roberta have the last word but join this book club have some fun. If you don't read along, hang out and, and listen. We're going to learn some good stuff. Roberta, last words. I was, I was just going to say before next episode, so about a month from now, try and get through part one of the book. Um, it's going to introduce the settler capitalism um, kind of model and the colonial imagination that was established in Canada that really is about the origins of this um, country and then what moves out into the world. So as Scott said, it's 99 pages. Um, you Including have the intro including the intro. So you have lots of time to read it. Um, we'd love for you to read it. The hashtag that you can engage with us will be in the show notes. Um, the promo code and all of that will be in the show notes as well. Um, we hope you love our book club and let us know how you're feeling about the book as we go. If it's short, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> uh, I, sounds like I was saying shit. Um, I, give Shipley a follow on Twitter. He's a very uh, smart guy and uh it's always good. Oh, and to... I should mention he's going to join us at some yes. point in this process too. So you can look forward to hearing and asking questions to the actual author. We're going to have a celebrity depending, on the Depending show. on his availability, I guess, but we're going to try to line him up for the, when we're done the book so we can have him to, to discuss with it. But so anyways, we're, we're, we're hoping to make this book club. Uh, we're not going to, we're not quite Oprah yet, but we're going to, we're going to hopefully provide you uh, with some little perks for being part of it. As we said, bonus, uh, some discounts, getting to hear from the author themselves, that kind of thing. So it's going to be fun. Join in, join us, everyone. Okay. We'll see you guys next, next week. And uh, for book club members, we'll see you in a month. Love, peace. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.